0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the newest episode of Box Office Bootleg. I'm your co-host, Robert. And I'm your co-host, Reggie. Welcome, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Obviously, all of us are still recovering from Sunday for one reason or another, Uh, Primary reason, obviously, and we've been teasing that one for the longest time. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones, our prolific HBO fantasy series that finally had its series finale. So in the second half of this, just so that way we can still be able to chat a little bit about the other big release of this weekend, which was our homeboy Keanu, Angel on this Earth. (laughs) You know, just the golem of our society at the moment, a man that would be able to host every puppy in the world if he can. Uh, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, absolutely exploded at the box office. Uh, myself, I pecked it at $40 million. Reggie here was the skeptic, so Reggie, uh, you want to reflect on it? Any... What do, no, think, no, what, what do you think? What do you think
1: blew like, up so much? Because uh, just I, just for context I for people, I wouldn't expect it to like gain such a strong fan base. I mean, really? I,
0: I would say, uh, just so people well, know, John Wick Chapter Three was able to open to fifty six point eight million. To put that in perspective. John Wick Chapter 3, I'm sorry, John Wick Chapter 2 opened to 30.4 million, and the first John Wick not only opened to just 14.4 million, but the total gross of the first John Wick was 43 million. So within two and a half days, this latest chapter was able to make more than the first John Wick movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it it, it has blown up it's, it's a summer release now It's a summer
1: blockbuster now I mean I mean it has that similar trajectory As the Fast and Furious movies They just keep making more money
0: Well I, I think an interesting thing or, With but, Fast and Furious is that Fast and Furious was the kind of franchise That was able to recover
1: uh, Cause inherently I mean, with, Yeah you refer to like Like well, he had they rebooted after Tokyo Drift.
0: Yeah. yeah. John Wick, I think, had the huge advantage of being one of those kind of movies where it, it was able to get really good legs when it came out in 2014. It opened yeah. up 14.4. Everybody had its skepticism because it's like Keanu Reeves, as an assassin going on a revenge thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But then, of course, the movie came out. It turned out to be like one of the best
1: Choreographed, directed. I mean, I was, like I saw it uh, when it first came out in theaters. So, like, I had a blast watching John Wick. I was just surprised that, uh, like I said, it, you know, I was just surprised that you know it just picked up like like more followers. So, like to the point where, where. I'm curious if they're going to continue releasing – like, I'm curious if they're going to continue to release in the summertime and will it, like, be able to maintain, like, maintain that momentum. They, they for sure,
0: Lionsgate – and Lionsgate has needed this for a little bit. You know, Lionsgate has needed something to just be like, okay, great. We have a breakout. Like, Tyler had to go and kill Medea. Uh, you know, we, uh, saw, I mean, Chris, was, speaking of Lionsgate, you, yeah. you heard the news, right, in regards – in regards to the Saul franchise... Are they rebooting it? Not only are they rebooting it... Guess who came to them with the idea... To reboot it? Is it James? Nope. Just uh, throw any name out there. Any name...
1: I mean like Seth or like Seth Rogen... Like, had a nope, funny idea? No, nope.
0: think even goofier than Seth Rogen. Even goofier than Seth Rogen? Even goofier than Seth Rogen. Oh, like so man. left to field that you're going to just like I'm going to describe Reggie's reaction when I tell him okay you want to know who came to them with a new idea
1: I mean like what Tyler Perry (laughs) close Chris Rock
0: Chris Rock Mm. came to Lionsgate with a new idea for the Saw franchise and not only are they going ahead with it it comes out next Halloween Mm. So Chris Rock, ladies and gentlemen, is rebooting the Saul franchise for Lionsgate. but <laughs> like
1: you, you—I like, mean, like—you'd be laughing at it, but, but like, here's the one thing that, uh, that I'm kind of intrigued by because, like, knowing like watching Chris Rock stand up and like, you know, being a comedian, like, like, like he probably had like some time, ty- like, like some some idea, up ideas. Like, idea, yeah. Like, like, I mean, like some type of idea where, where um, like where Saw can like like where Saw can like like you could do it. Jigsaw is the character. Jigsaw. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, like like you could just take it to a different. You could do it. Uh, you could approach the series at a different angle. And I'm thinking that's what they're where they're going with it.
0: I mean, it had to be some idea where they were just like willing to go full steam ahead with his concept. Or whichever. It's just like it is one of those things where you have to like blink a few times to just be like, Chris Rock. Remember Jordan is... Peele
1: like like did a horror film and then
0: That's true. And I mean the you know It's not a cynical reasoning, but I'm sure that Chris Rock is like, wait a minute, I could do that, too. I'm not going to do a Chris Rock impersonation. I've seen that episode of The Office (laughs) too much to be like, I'm not going to be the white dude trying (laughs) trying to impersonate Chris Rock. So I'm not doing that here, folks. Uh Don't cut that clip and bring it back to me when I'm trying to, like, I don't know, run for city Mm -hmm. council or something. Um, But yeah, so Lionsgate has for sure needed this. Win and to have a franchise that started as like a niche, cool, unexpected thriller was able to get really good legs when it came out. Uh, the first one came out on Netflix, you know, came out on Netflix, came on all the Mm. streaming surfaces. It was one that really built a lot of goodwill on, you know, uh, online and social media, right? Where just like also, I think John Wick just also inherently had some like memeage going on for him too where it's just like the inherent the inherent simplicity right of somebody going on this like chaotic rampage just because of the dog you know something so simple where it's just like you're not doing the thing where it's like you know oh the kid they kidnapped my wife i have to save her it's like no the the wife dies in the first five minutes so now it's like you're seeing a guy trying to like repair his life he finds Mm -hmm. his puppy so immediately it's a great example of like how you can um connect with the character but it maintains that sympathy throughout all three chapters i'd say like even in this most recent one he's still a guy that's like trying to just find some peace of mind and he's trying to like you know still make it work with the deeds (laughs) that he's done but um and we'll get into that a little
1: bit himself into another hole yep yep
0: or people keep people keep building holes around him and it's like he's trying like, to like avoid the holes but it's n- just it, no it keeps... it, it,
1: i mean like i mean like the first one like what i love so much about the first one where where it was like the young joy not only shot his dog but stole mm-hmm. his car it's like every person they turn to it's like yeah i stole it from this guy this guy named john wick and he Who? gets the shit kicked out of him it's like you deserve the baba yaga it's like, what have you done? Exactly. <laughs> like, and, like, that's, I mean, like, I, and like even then, it's like, like, just just the reaction it just made me feel, like, made me feel giddy. It's like, ooh, I want to see where this goes. Uh, yeah,
0: and it, it, it keeps it to that. And then, of course, what happens with uh, Chapter 2 is that just by him being able to, like, bring himself back into this world, basically the debts that he did to try to, like, leave this world, now he has to do it as a favor but of course it ends up biting him in the butt even though he's the guy that has like done everything right you know even though he is an assassin the baba yaga he still did everything right and you get like more and more details Mm. to reveal what he had to do just to be able to leave this life and you know of course he's betrayed within uh chapter two and then of course we get the (laughs) big thing in the third act where it's like he goes against the high table kills the main member that tried to put him in this whole mess and of Mm -hmm. course he's excommunicado. and then of course we get that wonderful little cliffhanger (laughs) that we get at the end of it where it's revealed that you know we've played around with the idea that it's a secret society but Mm -hmm. no this is society the society that we live in is this you know bonkers scenario (laughs) where everybody just knows that the high table and these Assassins, you know these well dressed, um, aesthetic wise, and everything, just exist. Or anybody could be a barista is a part of it. Your sushi chef is part of it. The janitor is a part of it. Anybody is a part of this, you know, cabal. And or even the homeless guy. And and the regular citizens just accept or just a part of it. They all know what's up. They all know who he is, and it elevates him, and it pushes it. it. Put it this way, like the the way that they've been able to build this world up is that something that inherently ridiculous you buy at that point. Like it earns being able to like set things up to reveal this ridiculous society. And now we get into Chapter three, where we
1: can actually talk about how he felt about Chapter three. Reg, what did you think? I enjoyed the hell out of chapter three. Like, I, like from start to finish, uh, like, if, you, if you're just going there for all the choreography, it's, like, it's just a master at work. I mean, like, like you get to, like, get those close calls, like, the, like, the, uh, uh even, even, uh, like, some, like, the hallway knife scene, scene yeah. the fucking horse scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And, 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 and that's a bigger thing, too, um that i think like gave a lot of credence to the franchise and this one definitely still keeps to that is that you know there's been a whole conversation about like what action films in the modern day like their issues it's like you're trying to compensate trying to use Mm -hmm. like fast edits you know where it's like clear you're clearly you're not like selling the momentum of the fight scene you're not it's like some fundamentals right is just not as prevalent in modern action filmmaking as it should be. And the first John Wick was really able to stand out for that, where it's like, oh, having two guys that are like professional, lifelong stuntmen being the ones to finally just like direct their own um, action film. It's like, oh, who would have thought? People that know how to sell... You know, an action scene being the ones in control of an action movie. Mm-hmm.
1: No doy the action scenes are going to look as good as they do. Yeah. But I mean, but then you know, you also got your like your slew of uh, your character actors. Like some of them are really great. The <laughs> world building, yeah, that that was the thing that I really appreciated I, what *Jumanji* I two
0: like, did, and this one takes even further.
1: Yeah, like I know, um, like 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 you know, like Ian McShane, like he like he comes back as the. Uh, as the headmaster of the Continental. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Lawrence, I did see the second one, but Lawrence board is just so over the top. Oh, like my God. I, lo-
0: I loved that reveal so much. I was just like grinning ear to ear where it's like, because they saved it halfway through because they knew what everybody would think seeing his character pop up <laughs> in the, you know a Keanu Reeves action film, right? Yeah. Everybody's gonna make the immediate Morpheus Neo one, and he is just having the fucking time of his life. It's great. He is chewing that scenery. You know, it's still like a great juxtaposition. I'm hoping Carrie and Moss. Um, we're getting into spoilers throughout yeah. this and everything, but Carrie and Moss did not show up for this one. Even though there was clearly a character, the adjudicator that <laughs> clearly could have been Carrie Ann Moss, but I think they're probably thinking we can't
1: do it two movies back to back. They're saving it for Chapter Four for sure. Either Chapter Four or maybe Chapter Five. Who knows?
0: I mean, it depends how long
1: Lionsgate wants to go with this. But I think it's like a, a book. S- I think it's based on like some like book series, kind of like a some pulpy like. No, like, so, like we were coming out of the theater. It's like how many, like you know, how many times, like, like it's like how many days can as well get his ass kicked?
0: There is no, no. There's a uh, hold on. Let's see. Uh, John Wick, uh, Man Behind, Brandon, serious Series. Nope. John Wick is a straight cinematic character. It's just oh, really cinematic. been. It's really been the directors and the producers that have been able to create what I would say is an actually pretty interesting world. Like mm-hmm. um, um, one of the things that they're working on before, of course, this movie blew up and they announced that chapter four, which is coming out May 21st, 2021. Mm-hmm. One of the things they have announced is that they are doing a miniseries on Showtime called The Continental. Mm. So it is a spin-off mini series. Yeah. It's just that we we don't know the details respectively. Yeah. And
1: um, like, uh, I mean, like even there was like this one movie um, that came out that I went to see uh, with Frances McDormand. No, no, no. It was uh, not Frances McDormand. It was uh, Jodie Foster. It was like the it was like the uh, uh, hotel. I mean, uh, it was like a makeshift hospital for assassins. Interesting. <sighs> I. Like there was there were so many movies. There there was like a like a few headphone movies that came out that reminded people of John Wick. That one was one of them where where it felt like it was it could be part of the universe mm-hmm. because like the whole continental thing. And then you have well, uh, remember I guess like Atomic we... Blonde Atomic Blonde with Charlie's Theron. Well Atomic Blonde was literally directed by the same two yeah. dudes that did uh the first John Wick. Yep. So and then uh, Luke Besson is coming out with his John Wick. You know, though,
0: John Wick is an interesting standout because the Senate, because I'm pretty sure like the actual business reason that they greenlit John Wick in the first place and they just didn't realize what they had on hand is that John Wick came out in 2014. Right. Right. And I feel like it, along with a bunch of other flicks, were greenlit after the success of something like Taken. Yeah. You know, you saw something like Taken, you had Liam Neeson, you know, A, B ish, you know. Uh, well-known actor being able to take this role of being a, you know, older, famous assassin. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a bunch of studios tried to capitalize that where a bunch of other similar age gentlemen tried to do the same thing. You had the Kevin Costner one that he tried to do. Yeah. You had the Sean Penn one that he had that he tried to do. Mm. It, it's just and I feel like John Wick was probably greenlit with the same mentality where it's like, hey, Keanu Reeves as like an older
1: assassin, right? Yeah. You know, we're get, we gotta catch this wave. And I instead mean, like, I mean pretty much you're talking about like a Gen X or like Keanu. I mean like because all the other ones, it's like uh They're more fifties, sixties. Well but, I mean like Leonisi like, looks like it's well, it sixty and say they with Kevin costs, they're like Keanu's only fifty. Well let me check how close an age Keanu is like Keanu's is maybe slightly older than Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise is fifty six. So,
0: all right, Sean Penn is fifty eight, right? Yeah, and I mean, they're, Keanu Reeves'
1: age—they they pretty much came around with the brat pack, fifty
0: four. So. so that's what I mean.
1: Fifty. I, mean, mid- you know I mean, they're all. I mean, they're all the, like the gen xers better yeah yeah but you see what I, you see what I mean where it's yeah. like um
0: th- they were still trying to capitalize on that and instead John Wick was this franchise that th- they had a diamond in the rough it's like mm-hmm. here we have this and then with chapter two they were allowed to like build up this crazy world and with chapter three chapter three immediately starts after the one hour you know grace period that he has with the excommunicano yeah and of course my wonderful wonderful. Serbian giant basketball playing boy Boban Majanovic shows up uh, just with the wonderful library scene um, and <clears throat> Oh man, it was
1: just it's, I was just giggling in my seat, and the action scene itself is like yeah. really fucking well done. I mean, Dude. like the sound design, like you can hear like every like like oh my god, yeah, bone crunching, no. like like uh, snapping, like stepping. Co- a quick covet,
0: I gotta say. A quick covet, I gotta say, is that this was actually the first time I saw a John Wick movie in the movie theater. You know, like Mm -hmm. all of the past ones I've seen on home release, respectively. And this was the first time I was able to see it in, like, big-ass theater. Went to see it in Dolby you know prime at amc so of course like the 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 atmos and everything is just like mm. booming and everything and it's just like it was just with the crowd the crowd was totally into it (laughs) even though it was a monday night and it was just like that this is a great way to just like get into this movie you know and yeah. then uh, then of course we end up with like this amazing knife this heritage museum <laughs> sequence which is just like fucking phenomenal and then of course the horse scene i wish the horse scene went on longer
1: Sorry. next okay
0: next chapter next chapter as a callback he needs to fight the horse i think john wick can take down a horse <laughs>
1: I love the fact that these He assass- loves animals. Uh, if you notice, none of the horses died. I know! They didn't kill any horses in that movie. No, I love that this is, a, this is an assassin society <laughs>
0: that still follows enough rules where, like, I guess there's just, like, a rule to not kill animals, and it's like... Of course, look what happens when this one motherfucker kills a fucking puppy in the first one. All of society ends up destroyed. And I just want a scene with, like, the high table just, like, grimacing just be like, this is why we don't fucking kill animals in the society. We don't kill horses. We don't kill dogs. What the fuck was wrong with this kid? He brought back Baba Yaga. He brought back this fucking John Wick character because he killed an animal. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that was amazing. And then, um, so to go off tangent. Uh, it's also Artemis with um, Jodie Foster.
0: That and one, Bautista. that one. God, they released that one. They gave that. I remember them that was, giving that, that, that a, one
1: like a bad release date too. Like it was it was June. That. It was uh, it was like June 2018.
0: Yeah, yeah. They really sprung. I think that one was like a weekend after uh let's see. I think that one was like a
1: weekend after
0: Wonder Woman or something like that. What year was it? Two thousand eight? It was
1: uh no it came out the same time as Hereditary and Oceans Eight. Well that's what it was. It was right no, it was right before Incredibles 2 Like, Incredibles 2 and Tag open after. It's not the same audience, but I think what it was is that, like,
0: probably you're saying that it, yeah, it came out the same weekend as Ocean's 8, which just seems perplexing to me. (laughs) Like, you're talking about, like, you know, hidden uh, clandestine kind of characters, you know, where it's like, you know, an assortment, an ensemble cast, and it's just. Yeah, that was just a really oh, dumb, yeah. and then, uh, dumb date to do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm and too. also it was released by Golden Road, you know, which uh, Golden Road, just to put in perspective, Reg, about the movies that they've came mm-hmm. out with. Right. Uh, they came out with. Oh, Lord. They came out with four movies last year. Right.
1: Oh, like, no, Bring it, it was- down.
0: You know what their highest grossing one was?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Show dogs. Yep. Show Dogs was their highest grossing movie last year. They came out with Midnight Sun, uh, which only did 9.5. That was the one that had Bella Thorne and Arnold's kid, Patrick, in it. It was like some Uh, fucking Nicholas Myers ripoff thing. Sparks. Yeah. Then you had. um, Oh, yeah. Nicholas Sparks. Um, Then, of course, you had Artemis Hotel Artemis with. Uh, well, I mean, like, ensemble kind of thing Just didn't work out And then you had that Axel movie With
1: like the robotic dog Yeah I've seen it uh, I've like, seen it literally so many times in theaters
0: Yeah so yeah. but Currently uh, Golden Road does, Has two more movies coming up There's one called City of Lies That has Johnny Depp And Forrest Whitaker I don't, I don't know if that one's coming anytime soon mm-hmm. uh, Although Wait That one is supposed to be being, you know, what happened with that movie? City of Lies. Um, it was supposed to come out, but they, um, it, they canceled the release date for it. Was it because of the whole thing with uh, Johnny Depp and Amber I Heard? Th- I think there was something with that, but I think there was a whole other thing that occurred with it because City of Lies is this, like, upcoming thing from the guy who directed The Infiltrator. You know, that weird flick with Ben Affleck as the
1: autistic assassin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was supposed to be oh, his- no, 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 that was the accountant. Oh, the, the infiltrator is uh, is Brian Cranston playing the uh, the, uh, the FBI agent. Oh, it was Winter, uh, that's right. That's
0: right. So let's see. Um, the release received. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, trying to see. OK, here's what I got. Um, following the merger, retired Old City Flies, given a homeland, however, The film was pulled from schedule reportedly due to an ongoing lawsuit involving Depp and the film's location manager. No replacement date was announced. Later that same month, on August 21st, 2018, reports surfaced that Depp's legal trouble was used as a scapegoat. And the film, in fact, may be being suppressed by the LAPD who is implicated in the film. Or other various players who do not want the film
1: <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. wait so this is some movie that has, like, oh, a conspiracy theory? On, on August
0: 29, 2018, another lawsuit was fire, filed by Bank uh, Lumi for owed millions of unpaid guarantees caused by pulling the film from Greece. Holy shit. So... Be- because Johnny Depp was, like, suing the film production, they drew the film production, but because they did that, now a bunch of other people are suing because of money lost because
1: yeah. the movie didn't come of out. Course. Holy shit. But I'm just, like, but, like, uh, but, like, the whole thing with the LAPD being implicated, that's, uh, like, some, some cons- well, conspiracy but, shit. Ooh, ooh, get this. You say conspiracy shit. You
0: know what the movie is based on? No. Ooh, it's about Russell Poole, the LAPD detective who was working on the murder cases of Tupac
1: okay. and Notorious Big. Oh yeah, <laughs> that movie.
0: <laughs> so the movie that's about the detective that was trying to get to the
1: bottom of Tupac and Notorious Big. <laughs> like, what the fuck B. is <laughs> It's like like was like some like, like now like the LAPD's like nah. We don't want to be part of this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. God, I hope this movie comes out. But apparently because of Johnny Depp's legal issues, because of the production's legal issues, because of LAPD's legal issues with the movie and the story and all that kind of stuff. Like, holy moly. Oh, man. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. I can't wait. Let's go opening night, Reggie. <laughs> Anywho, we're, we, we, we went on. Wow. We went on a whole other thing. Wow. So going back to uh, John Wick chapter three. Right. So yeah. just what I appreciate about it is that it, it still does a lot of world building, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't ever really feel like exposition. You know, like yeah. it, it feels like we we are told the details of the world, but it doesn't feel like we're having like the old man investigator tell us mm-hmm. this is how this society works you know like we yeah. don't have vincent dufalo you know showing up in I the mean, movie with like, like, the
1: movie i mean like the movie does a good job of of just having john wick on the run so basically like any like any conversation that he has with certain characters or even like the even like the um the locations he he travels to pretty I'm much so, have uh, to pretty much have to explain what the hell is going on in this whole secret society that's like, nobody, know. Yeah, notices. like, I'm charmed
0: that there's just, like, tokens that you can accumulate that can be able to, you know, either be able to give you safe haven, that yeah. can be able to, you know, have a debt to somebody. Like, there's a whole, almost like a mythos that they're creating with this world, but they're not, like, being too ham-fisted about it. Mm-hmm. Still. It's intriguing. It's silly in certain parts. Yeah. Like, in the... um After he meets... You know, Halle, Berry's, uh, Halle yeah. Berry's character just to like be able to um, get her to use her blood debt to him mm-hmm. basically to be able to um, have them know who to talk to with the high table mm-hmm. respectively. So he could be able to like just talk to them in person and be able to reclaim their life. Right? right. And of course, it ends up with the animation action scene. We have the dogs and um you know, amazingly well-trained dogs that are just <laughs> able to do just the right thing. But the fact that it's still able to be like... I mean, of course, there's going to be some parts that were like... Some parts were CG-ish, but yeah. I think a lot of what they were able to do for, with the dogs was still like in-camera kind of stunt dog work. Yeah. And especially because they were consistent with what the dogs would do to like take down somebody mm-hmm. where it's like it would either always be the crotch or the arms. And it's like, okay, they probably went out, got the dogs that are like good for takedown kind of stuff, but not like because the stereotype is like I'm sure some dinging CinemaSins stupid person is going to be like, why don't they just go for the jugular? And it's like because they actually went on and got like probably proper military trained dogs to take down these people in like a proper way where they don't just go for the jugular. You know, in the context of like how the takedown happens, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, dogs take down the person, mm-hmm. they're able to come down and shoot them in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, there's a process. Yeah. There's a process that sells the stunt work being done with the dogs, with Aliberry, with John Wick, with all the characters. And mm-hmm. man, that's a that's the one where it's like in, in the Dolby Atmos. That's the one where you really feel just like the gunshot stuff going mm-hmm. on, and it's just um, you know, still amazing work, and then we end up with John going through the Sahara Desert, still in that suit of his. You know, like I, I don't—he literally probably hasn't slept a wink since the end of the second movie, uh, just to keep the consistency of the stage. I
1: mean, like it's, like this movie take place over a day, like or like I think what. What a, oh, no, 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 no. It's only a, like a couple of days. Seven days, seven days. Yeah, because seven the, days. The, yeah.
0: the ramification that the ramifications that happen. The adjudicator. Happen, yeah. What the adjudicator yeah. is that um, Ian McShane is basically told you have seven days to relinquish your yeah. role in charge of the Continental. And Loris Fishburne's character is told that he has to have seven days <laughs> to relinquish his role. Yep. As the pigeon master.
1: As the pigeon master, as the bull tree. I think is the name. I, that again, thinking. I haven't seen the second one. So it just seeing Lawrence Fishburne like talking to pigeons. It's the funniest shit that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, so there's ramifications for that. There's the whole theme about consequences. Mm-hmm. And John Wick walks through, you know, the desert and everything. The Sahara Desert ends up face to face with, you know, this um, Saudi prince figure. Yeah. And he's given the role where he basically has to go back and kill Ian machine's character. And the way that, you know, John Wick does it is that he basically becomes the Baba Yaga for them mm-hmm. again. You know, he's like, you know what? I relinquish my memory of my wife of this life to be back in the service of the high table to allow me to be able to live for another day. Mm-hmm. And, You know, the high table greaser that they send him out to, you know, the Continental to take down an Ian McShane that is completely defiant at this point. And yeah, then it leads to the whole third act. And of course, um, on the side and everything is our (laughs) the host of Iron Chef America. Who, of course, is this uh, sushi chef guy that has all these other like really super talented assassins that are just absolutely able to lay the floor with everybody that was associated with John Wick. And they're the guys that are able to do the final confrontation with John Wick in, you know, this glass fortress, amazing looking office. And I love the fact that um, before the final guy that he faces, because he does go, go, go up against the Iron Chef dude. Is that he he throws down with two of the main guys from the Raid movies, and I just love that it's just like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to you know action films. Because mm-hmm. if if you love John Wick, folks, you will absolutely love the uh, the two Raid movies, the Raid <laughs> Redemption and the Raid uh, Berengal mm. Like those movies, you know, they're um, <laughs> Indonesian action flicks that came out about. Six, seven years ago, and it's just – they are just as pure and unadulterated uh, action stunt work sequences that I have seen in any movie other than the John Wick movies. In fact, Mm -hmm. in certain cases, I would say that the the literal like stunt work and choreography – I would say is near superior to the John Wick series. So definitely check it out. The two dudes that you see before the final climatic fight in John Wick chapter three, those are the dudes they go up against. And it's like, that's great. Like there's even like a mutual respect, you know, between these two guys and John Wick to where like, they're not trying to like, you know, just completely obliterate each other. It's almost like, you know, you know, like, a yeah. pack a measure of respect where it's like i'm not gonna kill baba yaga like i want to see i want to <laughs> see how much i can throw down with this dude just with my bare fist and like a little small hook knife man that was good and of course the final fight was great um and of course the you know the reveal the betrayal and of course the lead off and the end of it where it's like you know the, the the idea that this was going to be the last chapter of what John was doing, it's like there's – nah, John John has a lot of revenge stuff to do yeah. here. I mean, as Ian McShane, who – I mean, at this point, if you're still listening, obviously, we're just talking about the movie at this point, is that he definitely throws he, – he, he throws – I initially thought that, like, that was kind of the plan all along when he, quote, unquote, betrays John mm-hmm. Wick. Um, Because the whole the whole way that they were able to kind of like hold their ground against the adjudicator and the high tables yeah. people, I thought that was kind of the long term game with what they were doing. But just the straight
1: up betrayal, respectively, um, was you, I mean, you have to pretty much. Pretty much, like everything, just came at you really fast. You really need to see the sequel to see where, where all their, I mean, like where, like where the actions lead to.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so we we end up with the John Wick that's been pretty much betrayed by some, uh, pretty much betrayed betrayed by somebody that he thought that he was gonna throw down with against the high table, mm-hmm. and now it's just John Wick against everybody. <laughs> It's like, yeah, like when he's asked by Lawrence Fishburne, who's still alive, even (laughs) though he has like six, uh, seven slices against his face. And he's just like, are you motherfucking pissed right now? (laughs) And then we just get the final take of him leaning up and just being like, yeah. And then it just ends like that. It's like, okay, great. You guys. it's a measure of confidence, too, mm-hmm. in this movie. It's a true measure of confidence with this movie. Um, I would only say that I, I feel like balancing-wise, I feel like more of the, 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 the best choreographed action sequences, I felt, were more in the
1: first half of the film. Well, I mean, like, again, you do feel it's late, like, especially when you're going against, against the two guys. Uh, yeah. Like, like, when you go, when we get, finally get to the yeah, fight scene in the office, because, you know, like, I mean, it's... It, it, like, I get yeah. a kick
0: out of it because, like, yeah. I recognize the guys. I know, yeah. like, you know it's like a nudge to action film right. geeks where it's like oh those are two of the dudes from the raid movies right. this is like fucking great they're gonna throw down with John Wick this is like fan
1: fiction shit this is great this is great I mean like again it's like you could probably cut out like a couple of like fight scenes here and there and you still got like a tight movie
0: for sure for sure I mean it, it is a two hour ten minute movie sorry everyone there's a plane or military something right above us Um, but yeah, it's a two hour and 10 minute movie. It does kind of feel like it, but I, I appreciate that. Like, it's, it's still trying to remember that, you know, we got to care about this character. We got to see what he's trying to do. And there's even like the whole underlying thing where it's like, you know, yeah, he's trying to live, but live as what? Right. Like if you're somebody like John Wick, you're somebody that can literally pretty much kill anybody that comes across your path. What kind of man do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be somebody that's just Bobby Yaga again? Or do you want to be the guy that was able to escape it all? Was able to find somebody that loved them and was even able to find no fucking cute, adorable dog. Jesus fucking Christ. The pit bull's precious. Just wanted to hug him all the time. <laughs> oh, my uh, fiance's family has a dog that's very similar to it. Uh, he's a pit bull terrier mm-hmm. that looks a lot like him just like imagine if if you saw a picture of him it would be like the dog in john wick is like if uh fiance's dog rigby had mm. like more muscle or went to crossfit basically <laughs> crossfit rigby
1: mm.
0: so yeah john wick chapter three definitely uh check it out and that one time absolutely All right, so before we get into our conversation about Game of Thrones and everything, Reggie has informed me. This has been making the circles on Reddit, on film, festival circuits, and everything. And I honestly thought that it was like a meme or a parody kind of thing. It's real. This is a movie called... Lakeisha. Lakeisha. And the poster, it's a poster where it's like it's some white dude yeah. that's like taking apart like a mass thing where it's like, you know, it's a bigger black woman. Yeah. And I, I mean I already it's, saw
1: it's, it's something that like you see in total recall. <laughs>
0: yes. And the, it's like yes. I saw I, I saw some of the headlines for it. And I'm like, there's no way that this movie is what I think it is. So yes. right now, we're going to do a little bit of an experiment where I'm going to watch the trailer. Uh, uh, Reg, give me a little bit of the background to what's happened to this movie with its reaction.
1: I mean, uh, like, once you, once you watch it, you pretty much going to react like everyone else. Like, some people are furious. So some people call it like racist. Um And I mean, to me, it's the dumbest shit I have ever seen. Oh, my God. And it's like, I'm just and I'm just curious who on earth is going to distribute this film. And like, where's it going to be shown? Oh, my God. It's going to be the clown who laughed of our generation. Apparently, like apparently they were able to drop it on Amazon. But of course, like with any movie, here's the thing. Here's the thing: Amazon doesn't care, Uh, like doesn't care if you um, if you submit your movie to like for distribution.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we could totally dedicate an entire podcast to just like all the oddball flicks, and like Netflix gets some crap its way where it's like you know it definitely accepts, but at least Netflix goes through the trouble of accepting crap from big studios, so it's at least like big budget crap but amazon prime though accepts the shit of this shit like i'm talking like best of the worst kind of stuff i'm yeah. talking like red London media could just go through the gauntlet of the kind of crap that you could go through in fact a lot of the movies that they've covered is on it like the last vampire is on amazon prime
1: yeah um, oh it, the, yeah the, it's just oh no i was checking it and uh, somebody on Instagram posted that it's available on Prime Video out of all places.
0: LaKeisha. Got- oh, my God. Reg, we got to do a whole dedicated thing to LaKeisha. Oh, my God. Oh, it's already on there? I Here, let me check. Let me check out what's on. OK, guys, teaser episode. We're going to if if it is on there Um, as Reg looks on it, I'm literally going to try to do a live reaction of how I am with this. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is me with LaKeisha.
1: You always seem to say the right thing to just the right person. What's your secret? I'm really just talking to myself.
0: <laughs> okay, dude looks mid 40s. Well, you should,
1: because it was amazing. I saw this and I thought of you. You will be a hit in no time. Welcome to the Joe Show. I submitted myself to a radio station for my own show. Okay. One, congratulations. They rejected. What? What congratulations? You weren't right for your
0: own show. Okay.
1: Jason skipped it. need to get the money for this school. 13000 a semester? Oh, my God. these I'm a black woman. No. I know, The biggest thing No. No, 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 no. Oh, no. It, it, it's, it's, it's... You no problem. I love you, Dad. It's free. Oh, I ain't talking to you, not the way you sound. Let's go.
0: Shut you the go fuck girl. up. Shut the you fuck know. up. No. If you're good at yourself, you
1: can be good, Oh my
0: god, it's like an inspiration. Oh my god, no. No. How did you get this? I got another job. Good what?
1: Consulting. What the hell would you know about being
0: a white guy? I know quite a bit. Loquisha is a real no, is no, left, no! 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 Like the whole city has a Louisiana mania. I am Louisiana. A- what was that? I know. I know. It could it could a black woman trapped in a white man's body.
1: Oh my God! No! Just because she's a woman and a black person doesn't mean that she doesn't understand. It. What is this Sh-
0: really happening? I'm on a bridge above the
1: river and I'm gonna jump. Stop. Shut the fuck George up. Trump. No,
0: no, we're not doing some fucking inspiration. No. Start listening
1: to her. <laughs> oh, what the? I found it. What the? It, it's, it's on Amazon. Shut up. Oh my. And it's free with a prime membership. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. What? Shit is real, son. Oh my god. Oh my god! There's so much spiraling in my fucking head right
0: now. Oh, there's nothing but this is this is this is Sambo shit. This is this is fucking Amos and Andy radio shit. Yep. Bro, what, what, what the
1: what the fuck happened?
0: The, I don't know what the what the
1: and the fact the, and the fact that that uh, the guy shit. the guy becomes a radio star. So who the fuck is still on the, like still no no no, the no. Radio like, star? not
0: not him getting his conundrums. Like what the fuck was that one where it, that like later eighties um fucking soul college, man. soul man. I like watching
1: soul man. Yeah, like soul man. was a guilt like again. Soul man was a guilty pleasure, but then like it's not as like. At least, at least the dude tried to tan his like tan his skin, like like this blackface.
0: The issue <laughs> is that he goes blackface and soul yes. brother to be able to take a scholarship from yep. another black student. To be able to do it, and they try to make it a romance, right? Yeah, where the woman that he took it, the woman that he falls in love with, is the person that he took the scholarship.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. Randolph John plays his love interest, and James Earl Jones. This is fifty. This is fifty fucking times worse. This is this is.
0: Oh my god. Oh, my God. I know. I, I I don't even know how to like like I'm sorry, ladies
1: and gentlemen, we're we're we're, we're trying
0: to Robert do it, but, like,
1: but he just he's so conflicted. This is <laughs> you know what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, if this is
0: going to be a shorter episode, I have a free week we can talk about. Uh, Game of Thrones at another time this is gonna be you know what we're doing this is the most appropriate thing with Game of Thrones we're setting up things to talk about Game of Thrones yet we're not actually gonna be able to address the issues with Game of Thrones (laughs) respectively
1: but I'm gonna we are subverting your expectations folks that's what Game (laughs) of Thrones do Jesus oh man subverting your expectations uh, let's see. This is like,
0: yeah, it's like menstrual Okay. The trailer is borderline racist minstrel <laughs> show. Oh, my God. It's an outright mockery. It's like just. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> we, we got an SJ job. You SJW like, ho ho, they're laughing. Blah, 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 and it's
1: like, oh, no, no, no. Some troll dipshit is a cesspool. I, like, dude. Don't read the comments. You're just you're just going to read nothing but garbage.
0: It's just it is. Oh my, oh my, oh my god, oh my god, and oh great, great. This is fucking amazing too. My my recommended playlist is now just completely wrecked. I got something called Spooky Rice. I got something called Stoned <laughs> Gremlins Productions. Oh, that's the cinema stop. Oh, like, like, like if you see one of the good ones or is he like one of
1: those that are like, hey, Jews are controlling the media. No, LOL. no, he's no, he's really funny. Like he, okay. he like his like his stick is always about porn. So he watched like like his favorite movies Caligula. He watched a lot of B movies and porn. erotica
0: um, Reg, well, erotic. But, but, please, but, I, mean, but, but Reg, I
1: mean, like, well, here's the thing. Like, some of his episodes, he, he reviewed all those Wood Rocket movies. So, like, like, the Pokemon parody he reviewed, there was a Rugrats parody he reviewed. Okay. So, Smurfs, Legos.
0: So, so I'm glad that you made a little tangent like that yeah. because starting off with like he started out reviewing porn doesn't exactly give me the utmost confidence in this guy's ability um or or like, doesn't it, it doesn't give me confidence just because YouTubers are YouTubers see you like, know, he's so been like,
1: around, but this dude's been around for like 2 years he's like he's around the same time as uh the, as the nostalgic friend. did he Hasn't he Because uh, like a lot of those guys
0: did like cross Promotional kind of stuff and, yeah,
1: like like, Did seen, he do it with anybody or? Yeah. Uh, if you follow the nostalgia critic He showed up a couple of times Okay then I might have Like, seen you see the, the Passion of the Christ uh, When they reviewed Passion of the Christ I did not Wait was he into that
0: To boldly go flick No uh, to boldly flee So yeah With that said just going back a little question I found out I found the write up for it on Newsweek. And here's what the director has to say because obviously everybody is just like infuriated by this. In fact, there's this great tweet um, that was by Giddens Vision. I challenge everybody involved in making the LaQuisha movie to a fight. Cage style, one by one. Actually, fight to the death. I am fucking on fire. That's the only way to unleash this rage. What is this garbage? And this is what he said to Newsweek. Um, I'm excited that so many people were aware of the film for whatever reason. Savelle said the director of it is this dude... Jeremy Zavell. I have no idea what else he could have done um, As an independent filmmaker You always want your work to be seen By the log- largest audience possible He claims that the name Luquisha was created on the spot And just came to him Just came to him, not from your racist uncles, not from your fucking conservative meme pages on Facebook, just coincidentally from the ether of the universe. a A muse came to him when with this plot of him impersonating do we even describe the plot or do we just dive into it? It's a movie about this dude that impersonates a black, a black woman's woman on voice on the radio. Except it's not dubbing with it like they did in Sorry to Bother, Bother you, you, which is an amazing flick. It's on Hulu. Watch that instead for the love of god. Um but this one it's him doing
1: the black woman voice. Yep. And just I mean, he was like, he was leaning into that shit. Like, this is no Ouija. Like, I, like, like, no, like it's, it's as excited as excited.
0: <laughs> he, I bet you he was ex- excited as he was where like, there's this video clip that you can find with Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, <laughs> Louis CK, and one other guy where it's like, they were just talking about the N word. And, like, Chris Uh, Rock uh, gave uh, uh, him, uh,
1: You're you're thinking of uh, Jerry Seinfeld. It was Jerry Seinfeld, um, Chris Rock, uh...
0: Yeah, yeah, and, like, Chris Rock gave, like, the go-ahead to say the word, and you could just see how excited Jeremy Gervais and Louis C.K. were to say the word. It's like their fucking eyes lit up, like, (laughs) like, just like, we can say the word! Yay! Like, (laughs) with <laughs> LaQuisha like leaning into it, it's just oh my god, reading this line. I gotta keep,
1: well, I gotta keep like, reading. Here, here to make this really funny. Uh, like some people online claim that uh, oh yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like you know like white chicks. It's like even Marlon Wayans had to like had to go off, like go on record say, like no. Like this movie is not like white chicks, and by the way, like if you go uh, if you follow this director on Instagram, he's like he has a picture of him with Martin Wayans. So in other words, it's like I have a black friend. It's (laughs) oh my god! It's literally the black friend meme. Is literally
0: like, um, this is okay. I met one of the Wayne brothers. Yeah. You, oh my God. This is like somebody made it in the Petri cheese. I gotta, I gotta go through the rest of this article. Okay. <laughs> All right. When Ask One inspired LaQuisha, Savelle said he wants to make a funny movie that would bring joy and laughter to people watching it. He funded the entire production. No. Writer, director, producer actor. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's is, that
1: beautiful. It's the one man show. It's that show. beautiful vortex. Oh, I mean... Sorry about that. I mean, was trying to go. I mean, we're not talking about the genius of okay. your brain
0: here. This is only Saville's second film with his first... Being the test in 2012, which he also starred and directed. This movie had moments that were funny and entertaining, but please be. Oh, it's a review of his fucking first, like, who gives a shit? In response to the obvious criticisms of his movie, namely that it is patently offensive for a white man to impersonate a character of a black woman, Saville thinks that people are jumping to conclusions based on the trailer. When people watch the entire film, they will see that there is much more here than meets the eye, versus. Virtually all the comments I've seen online are addressed directly in the film for a variety of perspectives. This is the thing that just makes it so much worse. You ready for this, Reg? You ready for this, Reg? So Phil defends his performance in Laquitia by citing a 2015 SNL skit featuring Louis C.K., talking in a black woman's voice to avoid being seen as a racist by his co-workers and boss. The skit has a performing a similar character who's met with love <laughs> In an Instagram post, Safal also compared his film with white chicks, which is it's just <laughs> brought up words like Marlon Wayans refuted the comparison, saying he hates when people tag him in their bullshit. Like he was even more... Blatant about it. In addition to critics charging Luquisha with the racially insensitive premise, Luquisha appears to have also committed plagiarism. Oh man, plagiarism! The trailer claims it was part of the San Luis Obespo International <laughs> Film Festival, which, to put in perspective, that's like number thirty
1: in the film festivals that you could get into in, <laughs> like it, it's like it's just one of those like random film festivals that if you submit through IMDB you I mean like if you submit through without a box you get an IMDB correct
0: there are so many film festivals in this fucking city and the best that you can muster is the San Luis Obes, uh, Obespo Obespo International Film Festival is, is, is yeah it's low ranking. Let's yeah. put it that
1: way. Well, and then and then and then when it came to the screening, they pulled that ship from the <laughs> yes. theaters.
0: In a statement posted to Twitter and given to Newsweek, Festival owners adamantly denied the claim and wrote that this film did not screen at this year's film festival. They have contacted their legal representation and requested the trailer be pulled and those laurels be removed, which explains, ladies and gentlemen, the trailer that I watched is actually a rip of it. Like, you can't actually find the trailer initially, or the official one,
1: right, at the beginning of it. And it's just,
0: how did it, oh my god, how did we come across this one? This is, I, I, this I, is I, incredible. I found, I found
1: this first movie. You want to see the trailer? And, uh, no, 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 no. We uh, <laughs> Ten minutes
0: later. Rush, why did you do that to me? <laughs> you why? To, you have to wait sit. He also showed, oh my god, he also showed his fucking acting reel. This dude, this fucking blacktop dude, oh my god. Director, writer, producer, yep. actor dude, this is, it's, it's the quadrant of just people that are just completely oblivious to just everything, oh my god, it is... Oh Jesus. Okay. All right. So we we gotta finish the article and I think that we're we're gonna make this a short one, right? Um mm-hmm. we'll we'll do our assessment of this weekend and everything. And I'm sorry, folks. Um much like the ending of Game of Thrones, I'm sorry that our assessment of it is a disappointment and leaves many questions <laughs> unanswered. But um in the in the article, um, okay. Uh Sean Movahillo A film Mm -hmm. critic for Fanboy Nation Whose tweet originally sparked the controversy Was stunned when he read the movie's Official synopsis It was so obviously misguided in every facet Of its being The weirdest part of the reaction to the film Was the sheer number of people who thought that LaQuisha had backing from a studio Investors when it's obviously a no budget Movie from its writer director Stars so We we were joking earlier, earlier But this is one Dude doing this yes one dude doing this this is is in our brill this is mm, mm. this is in the creme de la creme of vortexes of bad movies which is why i'm looking forward to it we will come back with our report about this film where it's like when you have a dude that is just completely isolated from reality and is just allowed to do his own thing with money and I don't know I don't know what kind of things he's doing sorry we're we're blowing up people we're blowing up with uh, reactions to this damn thing but yeah it's just you're talking about a guy that is just completely able to control every single asset and you didn't have one single person just be able to tell him this is basically Amos and Andy in 2019 what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) <laughs> and this is how he responded the film goes beyond race and gender it's about spirit over form our diverse what? and talented cast was happy to be a part of it um, um, actor Dwayne Perkins who appears as Mason in the movie told Newsweek he will hold off answering any further questions until the movie becomes available for viewing Myra Hill who plays Renee said she would not be taking interviews to <laughs>
1: Take an interview Yep <laughs> but, but it makes you wonder oh How much god. money did he pay Like Just to get Two black people On set. Oh my god oh my It's god. like either Either they needed the money Or Or this dude Is pretty loaded <laughs> Cause there's there's no way on earth like reading a script that people Reg, will sign up for this. Rich,
0: you get it, you get it from here, you get it from here. It's
1: like <laughs> they won't even take it. Even of course, it won't take any interviews. How does, how, how does it feel to be the only black people in the movie that's supporting this dude? Um, oh, oh, like, oh. No, like oh. it was like the one, like the, the one actress in the movie say like LaQuisha, she is a like uh uh inspiration to the community. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Jeremy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> Explain to me, Jerry. Holy shit, Rich. Are you blackmailing those uh, those actors? <laughs> it must be blackmail. No, no, no. Rich, apparently, um,
0: this is a Detroit dude. Like, this is a Detroit dude. I, I assume it is because it seems like most of the interviews is that, like, yeah, Detro- it's a Detroit-set film. So, like, I think it's just, like... Him being oh my god, we gotta, we gotta, we know some Detroit people, right? We know some Detroit people. We gotta ask them, how the fuck did this movie manage to get through Detroit of all things where you can be able to do a movie where this dude, this writer, actor, director, producer dude was able to make a film of him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, that's probably
0: going to be funnier than anything in the movie. It's just that literally the last paragraph in the Newsweek article is your two main black actor and black actress basically saying, I'm not going to do
1: interviews. (laughs) Jesus. Oh my god! I mean, I mean drunk like, drunk. Like, what, what, like what, like what inspiring questions can you ask them? <laughs> like, <laughs> what was your motivation behind playing playing the best friend to LaQuisha? And <laughs> the I mean, do you do you actually have to help him like get into that? like, especially especially for the actors? It's like. Like, do you have to like coach him into like getting the getting the softness of a of a retired black woman? I mean, Reg, I know, I know Detroit. I mean, Michigan has like a really
0: favorable tax credit, especially if it's native. Yeah. So, I'm sure this, I'm sure this this Savell guy was able to like use that to his advantage. His ass would
1: have been kicked in Atlanta, b- b- beyond belief. Be unbelievable, man! But I, just, I, I, I wouldn't believe this movie would have been made in Atlanta, oh, my God. in Georgia, like anywhere in Georgia.
0: Reg in Reg in Georgia is where like all those pro Christian movies are filmed. Not just something like War Room or Tyler Perry, uh, but I'm talking like I'm talking like the pure flick stuff. Yeah. I'm talking like God's Not Dead. That shit films in Georgia, so. You
1: say that, but some 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 shit. I mean, like, but for a movie like a movie where you need a couple of black actors, there's no way in hell you would go to Atlanta. Rich, j- just some actors just have to do what
0: they gotta do. No, that's that's that sounds like blackmail to me. I'm I'm sure it was blackmail. There's probably a reason why they can't give interviews. He probably had them sign like non-disclosure agreements before. <laughs> the <laughs> mother is crazy. Oh man! So okay, we're gonna we're gonna end this note. We're definitely
1: gonna follow with this. I'm sorry, I I, I, I can't believe it's like I can't believe you didn't like like nobody showed you this, Roberts. I, I,
0: I saw posters. I didn't want it. I thought that it might be a computer poster. No, I it, did this not shit think. is real. Not only is it real, but the fact that his explanations for it and the articles about it just makes it that much richer. <laughs> that it's a dude that says that the name Lucretia just came to him. Yeah. Like from a dream. And not from his racist uncle at Thanksgiving or from, yeah. like, his shitty – or, like,
1: from some, like, nope. shitty impersonation in some dive bar, right? I mean, there, there's other – there's other, you what know, we literally the name that,
0: uh, that like, um, a racist baby boomer would make up to, right. like, make fun of, like – so I was in a fast food joint. I, I went to KFC, and it was some – employee L- uh, like it literally sounds like a setup yeah. for like a really shitty and, and yeah. somebody somebody like that kind of joke that i was just saying where it's like it, it some gal named laquisha and they're about to do some some really awful impersonation mm-hmm. of a black woman that person that thought that that was the funniest shit in the world has literally made a
1: movie. About I mean, that, and his and, explanation for it is just. My question oh is, my God, who thought that shit was funny? Like who, like like who in his inner circle? that thought it was the funniest, thing, like funniest impression he uh, he ever made. Reg, are you
0: familiar
1: with um, white frat
0: dive bar dudes that just chill out with other white frat dive bar dudes? Yes. In other words, like... Like literally within this inner circle. Like the circumstance that i brought up is that this is this is that kind of setup joke where it's like, so I'm not racist or anything, but and then they go with like a blatantly racist impersonation of mm. like a LaQuisha or a Shaquanda, yeah. you know, or something like that's literally the kind of name you would make if you were like making a fucking racist impersonation of somebody. And I just think if he's the kind of person that is writing acting, directing, and producing, I'm gonna give him the smidgen of the benefit of the doubt that he's probably so isolated from anybody else, any person of color, to where he just doesn't understand just how fucked up this premise is, where it's like, dude, there's the history of it, there's the fact that, like, just inherently, it's just, like, it's such a shitty, terrible premise, and the fact that you're trying to make it, like, a positive, feel-good
1: story, too? I mean... Th- uh, it's like, right? It sounds it sounds something off the wall that w- that probably would have came out in the 90s, like a premise, of, like, like somewhere. In I'm saying even before 90s,
0: Rich. I'm saying this is pre in living color kind of. shit I mean, like this is pre that. This is Soul Man era. Soul Man came out in 1984.
1: I think this is literally the kind of movie that would have came out. Nah, of that. I, I, I'm thinking like, well, be I mean, like, well, how, how I was shot? Look, like something that came from the '90s. Well, that's because probably he's a shitty filmmaker, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it probably boils down to that—that that he's I mean, you know, inherently like, a shitty filmmaker. Whatever. <laughs> uh, oh, let's, Lord, let's, his let's, explanation, <laughs> just like him, him justifying it with a Louis C.K. SNL skit is rich. And then him justifying it with white chicks and the fact that Marlon Wayans literally had to say, I'm sick and tired of people using that bullshit about using white chicks to justify them using this kind of, you know, minstrel show, Sambo fucking mandango kind of shit you know and the fact that he's and the fact that in the article it's just like you need to ask my diverse cast and the fact that the final paragraph is just just listed it's the fucking main plates. Nope. <laughs> aren't even accepting interviews right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gorgeous. So we're going to come back to that. So to, to, to end it on the note of box office, because we're coming towards Memorial Day weekend, you know, everybody have fun. It's a, it's a great fun time to go see the movies and everything. Or as we discovered this movie, Laquisha is on Amazon prime right now. Is I, on Amazon prime. Don't right now. plug the movie, man. Um, Oh my it's, it's, it exists. I would love to know what movies Amazon would recommend to you after watching LaQuisha. I can. You know what? We'll, we'll follow up with that. We'll follow up with that. So we're on Memorial okay. Day weekend, which um, surprisingly can be a pretty complicated weekend when it comes to uh, box office. Like sometimes it could really work out, but sometimes some of the little
1: duds. Mm have come I mean, from studios a, a, of, a lot of the recent i mean like again like a lot of the recent films uh, not just disney but other studios like
0: yeah. um like universal i think their land of the lost film came out
1: memorial but, day weekend but that was then, like but dude, that's like a long time like a while back
0: but there's still a history where it's like either yeah. memorial day weekend really works out for you or it really doesn't Especially because a lot of films were put their hugely budgeted films from Memorial Day Weekend, and just think that it works out. And, of course, the three major releases that we have this weekend is Aladdin, um, the latest uh, animation live action adaptation by Disney. Except uh, Disney, the reason why I bring up the box office history with Memorial Day Weekend is that Disney... Does it have the best history with releasing a film on Memorial Day weekend like it had the third pirates movie, which was the lowest grossing of the first three pirate movies? Yeah. Oh wait. Um. No. No. Dead, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Tales. Yeah. Dead yeah. Men Tell No Tales did it was come out. Memor- yeah. It had a yeah. memorial release. Except that movie still made fucking six hundred million overseas, which is it's, it's, again, it's again, people, again, people
1: overseas like people pirates, love Johnny, so. uh, though they shouldn't. Uh, I but, I but, mean, going back, but going back, going back to but the, 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 like even the recent Alice in Wonderland movie had them. Had yeah. spot. through the
0: Looking Glass did terrible. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, Uh, Prince of Persia was a Memorial Day release didn't do that great and uh, now we have Aladdin Um, the buzz seems to be a little better, it's part a soldier part like, oh it doesn't look too much like a disaster and uh, just to recap I was around $75 million $100 million opening 4 Day Weekend and uh, Reg
1: I was I was on the low end. I was saying You were even lower. You were thinking that it was seventy five, go... either seventy-five to eighty.
0: Yeah. Now, has there been anything about the marketing or anything that has changed your mind about it?
1: Do you still uh, think that it's gonna be around that range? I mean it I mean it's your guess as good as mine at this point because you can't like, you can't like, underestimate the Ms. soldier well the, well, the like, again the, like again I think part of the problem is uh, is is because like a lot of these predictions that I made this is just so far out it's, like if you if you look at like a lot of analytics like you know how many people google the movie or actually like you know search the movie or look for tickets and all that stuff mm-hmm. you, you can you kind of gauge like the entrance of that set film right But with this one, like, people are just going back and forth with it because, you know, you know, you got that one teaser trailer with the genie. People weren't digging it. And then another trailer where they show Will Smith. Not not
0: digging it, they made it a meme.
1: Yeah. And then you have, like, you know, another one where Will Smith looks normal, but they did, you know, they did say, like, hey, there's versions of him appearing throughout the whole entire movie well you notice the thing that they kind of the, switched with the marketing is that
0: instead of emphasizing the genie too much they started emphasizing the music in the marketing which to me is probably the smart way to go just because like the a CG genie is gonna just gonna have issues even in the best of circumstances but the strongest thing that Aladdin can have going for it is that the music, the songs, yeah. the
1: music are great. Where it's like you know, street rad, Prince Ali. But, well, here's the, but here's the thing: they released a clip of Prince Ali. Yeah, and, and like, and some people are just like mixed on that. Yeah, the production is there though, and I think like I, I've like yeah, the camera work wasn't that like, great on on Prince Ali.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see and. Uh, For all intents and purposes, though, it just really depends on like how nostalgic people are, where it's like kids, kids are off this weekend. You have a lot of people that really loved the first one. There's the inherent anticipation of just seeing how they do it in the first place. And uh, yeah, we just uh, I don't know. It's a crapshoot. It's a real crapshoot. It it could really surprise because I'd almost be perplexed if a movie like this Because especially with our generation, a movie like Aladdin opening less than something like Jungle Book, like Jungle Book opening as huge as it did, you know, and something like Aladdin, which I would consider more culturally relevant to our generation.
1: Yeah. Would be kind of surprising. It's. We'll see. I mean, again, like people are so so attached to. Or people are so so attached to you know to the original film, like I we'll put, put in Beauty and the Beast numbers. Uh, like, like if you look at the box office history, Aladdin made more than Beauty and the Beast. Uh, like, uh, like when it first like when it first
0: came out. That's true, but Beauty and the Beast has had the advantage of like arguably the single, um, arguably one of the single most successful movie to Broadway adaptations of all yeah. time. So culturally it's always been able to stick around in some capacity or another and obviously having the benefit of being the first animated film to ever be nominated for best picture mm. like it's still like something that
1: people know and love but i mean again let me put it this way like i would say like, of the live action like of the live action movies the princess movies are going to make more uh will make more than you're Aladdin, like the only one that's like the only one that that's not a princess. Ooh, movie. But that's an uh, that's but, an but, underrated but, thing. But but the other one that's not a princess movie that will they'll make more money will be the Lion King.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the underrated thing you're thinking about Aladdin is that the two movies that boys could be able to like as a Disney film would be um, Aladdin, Lion King, and. I will say that is an advantage that Beauty and the Beast had is that, yeah, Beauty and the Beast is a Disney, Disney princess flick. Yeah. But when you're a kid, especially as when I was a kid and like I could go in a whole thing where like I was actually in a production of Beauty and the Beast. I was Beast. Yeah, That's a whole other thing
1: do, like, that
0: helped out Beauty and the Beast, where Beauty and the Beast was a film where you had Disney princesses and a cool, amazing beast design. You could still like if you were a boy, uh, you were still able to watch Beauty and the Beast and enjoy Beauty and the I Beast mean, like, because of the like,
1: fucking Beast.
0: The Beast was amazing. He looked
1: yeah. awesome. Well, I mean, the Beast looks amazing, but it's like, I mean, I, I mean, like compared to what, the, like the one the CG that they made, they should they might as well like go back to the original uh, like cosmic design when Ron Perlman played the Beast, or uh, or Terrence Mann, go with the
0: Terrence Mann design. Don't you fucking insult Terrence Mann in this household, Rich. Terrence Mann is a Broadway icon of the ages, and I I will fight to the death. There is no bias. There is a ton of bias with me and Beauty and the Beast Broadway production. And I would not stand for it in this house. but um I mean so so yeah. but, but, but with the it's the skepticism I share with somebody like Will Smith being the genie yeah of course how how iconic Robin Williams interpretation of the genie is it's, it it's a lot to it's a lot to measure up to but I mean so
1: final but, numbers what you got I mean that's why I have it at I have it at 75 for the uh, three day for three day and then maybe 80 80 90. For the four day? Oh, you say... You should say 90. Remember, Memorial Day, Holiday. I mean, like, for the Memorial Day, Holiday is like 90. So, it's, like, it's not even going to cross the century mark. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say it's going to be just enough to get to the century mark. If only for this reason, I'm pretty sure Disney would be able to, quote, unquote, siphon some money from Avengers Endgame to where, like, if it's like 98 estimate for the four days... You're gonna see, you're gonna see some like mm-hmm. little nudging from Disney's part, uh-huh. where it's like if you see Avengers in games estimates drop when the actual numbers come out, and you see Aladdin kind of boost up over the century mark, mm-hmm. just know that's the reason why. Know that's the reason why. Fun accounting. Um, so with the two other movies, we got uh, Brightburn mm-hmm. and Booksmart, which Booksmart is actually getting a pretty large release it's coming out in 2300 theaters which is almost just as much as uh what you call it, as
1: burn which is
0: kind of surprising. Those,
1: I mean, those two are going to be, like, will be neck and neck for, for the last spot. Yeah, for audiences, five.
0: because they're both R-rated. They're both going for niche audiences. Yeah. Um, there's been good buzz with
1: Booksmart, and... I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like... I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass by them that, like, both of those movies may have good reviews. It's just... You're splitting. You're splitting hairs with the audience. Yeah, yeah. and then and then you got John Wick. So it's like people that hasn't seen. Yeah. So weirdly enough, you have three R-rated
0: films kind of competing for space. I mean, John Wick, of course, is still going to get it because the reviews are there. It's it's niche enough with like the male audiences. Yeah. You know. And let's see. Just looking at reviews and everything. Let's see. Brightburn is actually doing pretty okay it's 80% with 10 reviews so not too much has came in but that's actually pretty encouraging for a horror flick that
1: it's at. um i mean like if it was at 80 if, if it starts like if it starts anything lower than um like 80 it's probably going to hover around 70 yeah. now, 70 or 60
0: now this is the advantage booksmart this is the advantage booksmart has right now booksmart is currently at 100% 74 reviews. Yeah. In fact, they even have the critics' Uh Fast-paced, funny, and fresh. Booksmart, directed by Olivia Wilde, mm-hmm. of all folks. Booksmart does the seemingly impossible by adding a smart new spin to the coming-of-age comedy. Hmm. I mean, I mean like... Now, do you think this is the kind of movie that people are going to go to see... On Memorial Day weekend,
1: or do you think it's just something that they're going to wait out what's, to see when it comes to Amazon Prime? What's going to happen is, depending on its budget, I wouldn't be surprised if it's up for the Spirit Awards.
0: Well, it, well, it is United Artists, which is our newly designated.
1: Um, yeah, the, but I mean, it, it, June, it really like doesn't that. matter. It's like as long as the budget's under, As long as the budget's under, uh, it's hovering around $15 dollars, million, $15 million, uh, under fifteen million dollars. Like, yeah,
0: uh, it, it's it's just to me, it's interesting that United Artists seem to be going with a wide release as opposed to like something like um, Eighth Grade, you know, where Eighth Grade came out in the middle of the summer and was a similar kind of like well accoladed yeah. coming of age comedy from like an unexpected yeah. filmmaking debut, you know, last year with Eighth Grade, it was uh, both uh Bo Barnum yeah. and this year it's Olivia Wilde. So it's uh it'll be interesting. I'm gonna I I'm gonna say with Book Smart it's gonna open around seven eight but I think it might be the kind of flick that has some stealth legs to it. Like the the reviews and the critical reaction to it is good. I think mm-hmm. it may be one of those like stick around for a little bit. Maybe even be able to do something like little Miss Sunshine. You know? You yeah. never know. With Brightburn, though, I have an inkling from Brightburn that Brightburn is probably still probably get like a good reviews, but I bet you it's going to be some type of reaction with like any type of like horror film that gets legitimately good reviews is that yeah. it, it's going to be like the way that it ends or something is going to piss people off and they're going to be like mm. it's going to get like a low cinema I mean, score. I'm,
1: I'm, I mean like what I saw from the trailer it's, like it's, it's going to deliver on some stuff. I um, hope, so. um, no, I it's, hope so. it's, it's not the dude it's not 824. I'm sorry. Like It's like written by James Gunn.
0: Yeah w- what I'm saying Rich is that like movie going audiences like there might just be an element to it where it's like like look at something like Hereditary right? Hereditary. But happened. that was like A24 film. True but and I've seen and if you saw the trailer remember James Gunn with Slither remember Slither got really great reviews had like a summer prime to release and it just bombed out. Yeah because like when people went to saw it they were confused by it because fucking horror movie going audiences can just be a really fickle lot. And you got the casuals going to it that are going to be like, eh it was weird. And I just have an inkling with something like Brightburn that people are going to go into it. You know, they're sold on the concept, but there's going to be some shift that they do in the movie that's gonna make people be like, "Yeah, that was weird. Why didn't they explain this?" Nye, nye. I, then,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't pass by it. I like, hope it's, not. It's, it's, I it's, hope uh, not. Uh, I like, hope people dude, just accept the movie for what it is, dude. Like, like I said, it's not. It, like, it's not. Like I said, it's not like an A twenty four film. It's not. Uh, like again, like when when I saw the trailer for Hereditary, I thought it was gonna be be a like you know an evil child movie like the bad seed mm-hmm. because of, because uh the daughter was so, like prominent in all the advertising yeah then you watch the 30 minutes after the movie it's like oh
0: <laughs> something else entirely yes yeah. and it's just that something else entirely that i think if brightburn kind of like introduces an additional element instead of like The inherent concept, which I think is a great concept to begin with, Mm -hmm. you know, what if Superman was evil, which is already like a terrifying fucking concept. Yeah. But if they do some type of like subverted spin and everything, just like I'm just you know how audiences can be with horror flicks, even the really critical acclaimed ones. And I'm just I think. The reaction to it is going to be really interesting to see. So,
1: yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, like, of you know, the recent crop of horror films I've seen, like Barn is not gonna, it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be in that same league as It Comes at Night.
0: Oh no, no, nothing like that, nothing like that.
1: Yeah. Anywho,
0: so um, yeah, I think the both of them are going to open around the same area. Uh, so around eight, nine mil, but I think book smart is probably going to be one of those stealth little summer hits, you know, because that's a specific demographic that they're going for R rated younger women, 18 to 34, younger women, Mm -hmm. obviously would bring their dates respectively to this movie where it's like, seems funny, seems different. It's not like, Mm -hmm. you know a fucking godzilla movie or whatever you yeah. know i'm really looking forward to the godzilla movie well, but it's the kind it's the kind of movie where it's like i think that kind of audience and there's really nothing coming down the pipeline that's going to like go after that same audience so it's going to be a lot of repeat stuff it's going to be mm-hmm. the little engine that could and every summer there's always that one film that's able to be that and from the looks of it it could very well be Brooks
1: Oh, wow, there's just too many movies in the like in this in the three weeks.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Where it's like it's not going to open big, but it's going to keep consistent. But I mean,
1: how consistent we're we talking about? Because
0: if it opens to nine mil, and then the next week it keeps to six, and then the next week it keeps to five four, and then the next week it keeps to
1: four three. By that point, you already have about 30, 40 million dollars. <laughs> But again, it's like you're going up against here. It's like the week after you got Godzilla, Ma, and uh and Rocket Man. And yep. then the week after you have uh you have uh, you X-Men gotta, and The Secret
0: Life of Pets. You gotta think if your smaller theaters. Though Reg. You gotta think of something like the Lamel theater. You gotta think of something like the Los Feliz Three. Yeah, but you gotta think those ones where like they keep kind of like the more underrated ones and that just sticks there
1: for two, three months. Yeah, it sticks there for two, three months. But but again, but like week two and three, like week two and three, if if that movie doesn't show any like promise, like it gets knocked out all the major theaters. That's true,
0: which just really depends with the opening weekend. The most important thing with a movie like this, Reg, is going to be the second weekend. If it has a great hold the second weekend, you're going to see the joints like VLS3 and Lamelle hold on to that flick all the way through June, even Mm -hmm. into July. And make its bank back, you know. So, yeah. uh, So it looks like a fun weekend. At, uh yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Reg, what plans you got?
1: Not much. Uh just, um, do, you just a, do you got Do you got Monday off or anything? Yeah, we have Monday off. Cool, yeah, cool. Monday so Monday take
0: advantage of the beach, food,
1: museums.
0: Mm. Well the museums are gonna be close, never mind. But just nature. Good oh. old nature. Um we're invited to a boss's uh Child's birthday party, uh, we got bowling, we got a whole assortment of stuff. Take advantage of the weekends, folks. Remember, for your vacation days, your off days are the most important part of you as a worker and employee. Take advantage of them for the love of God. So, yeah. Uh, are you seeing Aladdin this weekend or which flick are you going to try to catch first? Uh, catch Aladdin.
1: Aladdin first, okay. Yeah, okay. Aladdin 1st see. See what everyone's talking about. Um, yeah. Or the meme Remember,
0: you can't miss the meme You <laughs> just can't, wretch It's an important part of our
1: fucking cultural dynamic. in the In the world we live <laughs> in. So your movie can you live or die by a fucking meme. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: so... Yeah. Anyways, keep your memes close to heart, Um, and thank you so much for
1: listening to us. Uh, Oh, by the way. Oh, shoot. Oh, we got uh, some breaking news. uh, No, no, no. I'm just saying that, uh, like, for those of you that, you know, follow the film festival circuit, Mm -hmm. um, you know how, you know, like, in the winter we have Sundance Sundance up at Southwest. Yes. Right now, the Canfit Festival has just... Uh, I think they're almost done. Yeah. And uh, if you want to know what people thought about Quentin Tarantino's new movie...
0: Some reviews but, have already yeah, popped been in. floating
1: around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and just a quick uh, tangent before we sign off and everything... Um, last weekend, Disney, of course, came with their, like, big reshuffling of the schedule. They, of course, announced, like, the Star Wars dates, the Avatar dates, what mm-hmm. they're doing with the Fox properties. The biggest concern is that Fox Searchlight, you know, Fox Searchlight has been responsible for a lot of, like, recent major Oscar-nominated films. They were behind yeah. shit. It, it, to put in perspective, in 2017, they're the two top contenders... Um, three billboard, uh, three Billboards And The Shape of Water yeah. Both of those were Fox Searchlight films The top two contenders for Best yeah. Picture Were Fox Searchlight And people were kind of getting concerned About like what Disney's plans Are for Fox Searchlight But fortunately with the Canes Festival They actually um, they, they bought out for $14 million the new Terrence Malick film And get this folks It's a Terrence Malick film with a script. Can you believe it, Reg? No. How revolutionary! A Terrence Malick directed film with a script!
1: Holy the shit! Script.
0: Holy shit! Not Terrence Malick. So we 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 have a rock solid narrative that uh-huh. Terrence Malick is working with. Uh-huh. So it's a revolution, Rich. Like fucking uh-huh. fucking Martin Scorsese with this two hundred million dollar fucking film where they're using de aging technology with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Harvey Keitel. Although it, the revolutionary aspect of that being on Netflix. Fuck that! Terrence Malick working with the script—that is uncharted territory, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. So, but but with that said, the fact that Fox Searchlight handed that much money to a Terrence Malick film means that they're still at least like trying to actually do awards films. And who knows? Like Disney doesn't. So, Disney doesn't really have like a
1: department dedicated to making. "Quote unquote prestige films." Disney, I mean, like really, Disney doesn't really care because, like, every once in a while, like, if
0: Disney wants to conquer everything. The next thing to conquer is award season, and now <laughs> they have Fox Searchlight to be. Able I mean, to they get had
1: Mir- I mean, like, they had Miramax all these years.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad they fucking abandoned that um, sexual assaulting ship, you know, before it got really bad. <laughs>
1: I mean, like I said, they they had Mirror Max for a while, they have um Jesus, uh Yeah. Touchstone um, kinda does stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. But I mean but I mean like uh but I mean like they already been getting like awards for their animated features. Um Rich, they've won eleven out of twelve times. <laughs> yeah of course they get that. I'm talking about like best picture kind of stuff. They really haven't been able to But I mean, what I mean, but like the shit that they've been releasing has been best picture material.
0: You know what's funny? I say that, but technically, Black Panther was nominated, so Disney did get a nominated film into the. But that was a Marvel movie. It's still Disney, rich. Come on, on, you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah, so some encouragement with all the shenanigans with the Canes Festival, with uh, what's coming down the pipeline with awards season, and the fact that. Disney is not going to liquidate Fox searchlight because that would be a huge loss for the industry. But we'll see. We'll see how it turns out for them. But anywho, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, Once again, listen to us on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify and now on Apple Podcasts. So uh, for anybody that's been giving us a listen so far as we're building up our audience. Thank you so much. It means the world. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Box Office Bootleg. I'm your co-host, Robert. And I'm your co-host, Reggie. Good and a, night, folks. Good night, and have a very safe Memorial Day weekend.